1: Prog Watch. Music that tells a story. With your friend and host, Big
0: Tony Rausick, aka Prog Squatch. to All right.
1: Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. I am Big Tony, your host, and I want to thank you for tuning in once again. Our opening track this week was The Man With Many Faces by I Am The Manic Whale. It can be found on their latest album, Gathering The Waters. This week I'm doing a special feature on I Am The Manic Whale, a relatively new and quite exciting band from the United Kingdom. The band have made two albums to date, their debut, Everything Beautiful in Time, released in 2015, and the aforementioned Gathering the Waters, released in 2017. I thoroughly enjoy both albums and have featured songs from them on this show several times over the past few years. In fact, Gathering the Waters was one of the albums included in last year's Prog Watch and Progressive Aspect end-of-the-year roundup of some of the best of 2017. Anyway, a little later I will let you hear some of a Skype chat I had with Michael Whiteman, founder of the band. Just for fun, rearrange the letters in his name and see what you can come up with. But first, let's hear another tune. This one from the album Everything Beautiful in Time. This is called Pages. by I Am The Manic Whale from their first album, 2015's Everything Beautiful In Time. Now let's listen to some of my chat with Michael Whiteman, bassist, vocalist, and head of the pod, I suppose. So from our emails, I see that you're a teacher. I was just curious, what what do you teach?
2: That's right. So I, I was a school teacher, teaching music. Um, I taught in schools for 12 years, secondary school, secondary school music. Um, I stopped doing the school teaching about a year ago now, um, but I still teach instrumental lessons. I've got a little music studio, which I'm in now, um, and I have pupils that come and see me here a couple of evenings a week. I just do private one-to-one teaching. Um, It's kind of my main main thing I do, apart from gigging, to earn some money.
1: Okay. So I some music lessons on the side and and you're supporting yourself with the gigs otherwise, huh?
2: That's right. I mean, the, the, the gigs, the manic whale gigs don't really earn me any money, a little bit. Expenses only mostly, but I do some gigging. I play in a covers band. I do wedding receptions and parties and things. Um, and that earns a bit of money and yeah, I supplement that with the private teaching as well.
1: All right. Very cool. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you know that you can't make, uh, Make your money in Prague at at the moment, yeah, but yeah, there's
2: not not a lot of people can make a living from from playing prog rock. There's a few that can, you know, the world famous guys. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. most of most of the musicians I know earn most of their income from teaching.
1: Yeah, so uh, the prog is more of a labor of love.
2: Mm. Even someone like um, Craig, do you know do you know Craig Blundell, the drummer?
1: Sure, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, He's
2: a fantastic drummer. Uh, even he does some teaching. Um, I think he more does that because he quite likes teaching than because he needs to for his income. But you know, he he does, he does teaching now and again.
1: Hmm. I I was talking to, uh, I actually spoke to Royne Stolt last year, which was really cool. Oh. He said that uh, Hasse Froberg, I guess the guy that sang a lot of that that yeah. kind of uh, the earlier Flower King stuff. He, uh, he is. He's like a security guard at at is the he? airport or something like that. Yeah, it was like. So anytime they would be looking to go on the road, they had to make sure that he could clear it to to get out of the other job. And I've heard that kind of thing echoed from a lot of other artists that I've spoke yeah. to, you know, that uh, it, it, like doing a real tour or whatever would be a, a major undertaking. And it'd be a problem because all the guys have like day jobs. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, but true. So uh, I love your band. You know, uh Thank you very much. yeah, I think it's really cool. It's it's fresh, it's uh it's adventurous. Um so I guess let's talk more about that. So uh how how did you actually get started in music? Were you from a musical family or
2: uh yes. Um my my dad plays piano and guitar and um from an early age I, I was involved with he used to do the music at my church when I was growing up and I got involved there as a teenager. Um, I had piano lessons when I was seven, I think, started having piano lessons. And then my dad taught me guitar and I started having drum lessons when I was about 14 or 15. Uh, and it was the drum lessons that really switched me on to music, actually. I, I struggled a bit with the piano and the guitar when I was younger. Um, but when I started to learn the drums, I loved that. And I got in a band really quickly uh, with, um, with Dave, the guitarist in Manic Whale, Uh, He and I formed our first band when we were about 14. Um, And I've been in bands with him on and off ever since. And uh, yeah, it was just brilliant. That really kind of woke me up to music. I loved loved playing the drums. Um, It was my main thing for a long time. And I went and did a music degree at university when drum kit was my main instrument. And that was when I started really getting into prog, I think. And I started writing some prog music. I didn't really have a prog band at the time to do it with. Um and then I joined a scar band after university I played a lot of scar uh for a long time and that was a church sort of thing as well so it was it was a christian scar band we did gigs in churches we did christian conferences that kind of stuff um but I still had this I really wanted to write prog and it didn't really fit with the the scar band very well and when the scar band wrapped up three or four years ago I kind of dug out the prog material that I'd been writing back when I was at university and I thought right I'm going to do a solo EP, I'm going to play all the instruments on it and it's going to be brilliant Mm -hmm. I started work on it and it it wasn't brilliant, (laughs) I think it had some good ideas but it needed other people on it and that's when I started getting Dave involved who I'd known since school and the other guys as well and it kind of grew from there and became the first Manic Whale album
1: Which I I latched onto right away, I thought you know, that was really cool and fresh and just, uh, yeah, like I said So um, you mentioned that you got into some prog, say, in school. Um, yeah. So what, what what are some of your favorite bands, and who, who influenced you as far as your, your tastes in in the progressive rock?
2: I think the first prog group I really got into was Manfred Mann's Earth
1: Band. I love them, yeah.
2: <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that happened in a kind of weird way. My parents had tickets to go and see The Manfreds, which is kind of a version of the 60s pop group Manfred Mann. Um, all of them except Manfred Man himself. Okay. Playing Doo Wah Diddy Diddy and Pretty right. Flamingo right. kind of thing. And someone they knew had tickets and they were ill and they took me instead at the last minute. And I quite enjoyed that. Um, but while I was there, my dad mentioned to me, oh, you, sh- you would really like the Earth Band side of Manfred Man. And it was much more rocky. And so I came home and started listening to his old Manfred Man's Earth Band records. And I was like, whoa, this is great. I've got to hear more of this. So I bought all the Earth Band CDs and I just for my older teenage years, listened to nothing but Queen and Man From Man's Earth Band. Um and then I discovered Genesis and that was the beginning of the end for me. I, I, <laughs> discovering Genesis was just mind blowing. Uh, I mean I, I was aware of the pop side of Genesis because that was they had singles and they were really big, big when I was a um a teenager in the late eighties, early nineties. Sure. Um and I I liked that stuff. You know, I quite enjoyed hearing it, but it wasn't until I discovered the early Genesis with Peter Gabriel and the first couple of uh, albums after he left as well that I really clicked with it and thought, yes, this is good stuff. I want to, I want to hear some of this. I want to write stuff like this.
1: Okay. So yeah, you mentioned before uh, you and David Addis go way back and uh, yeah. Ben Hartley, you picked him up not too long a- out at least you met not that long after. So uh, you yeah. want to talk about your relationships with those guys and how they influence the dynamic sure. of what you're doing now?
2: So I've known Dave. I met Dave when I was 10, I think. So actually, he's still at primary school. And we met up because uh, my mum was a primary school teacher and she taught Dave. And I was at a different primary school. And she found out we were both going to the same school. And there weren't many people from my school going up to the same secondary school. So she got us together and thought it'd be good to know someone else there when when we start, which was very thoughtful of her. And Dave and I got along really well. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that we're both massive geeks. Uh, <laughs> we both love computer games. I mean, Dave's a computer programmer now for his, his real life job, and we both love music. Although we didn't really get into that till later, um, so we've we've got along really well since since we were were ten or so. Um, we both love sci-fi movies. We both love yeah lots of the same kind of things. Um, so yeah, we we we've played together since we were fourteen or fifteen um and uh, he's a really good guitarist uh spends a lot of time practicing uh to be able to play all those notes so many notes um and yeah that's that's me and dave ben i met a bit later uh, i think i was in sixth form and i i met him through my sister he was involved in some local church music stuff as well i think that's kind of how we got i got to know him and i saw at once that he was a really good drummer um so i got him recruited into a band dave dave ben and i have played together uh in other formations before manic whale um john i met much more recently through a mutual friend i've only known him five or six years maybe um but yeah we discovered again we have a lot of the same taste in music um he really likes a lot of those prog bands that i like gentle giant we both really like
1: as well okay that's that's a that ones divisive we'll say you know, mm. it's like people seem to either love them or hate them. You know? Yes, uh, they they were definitely on out on their own, uh, you know, thing. Yeah, they, whatever you want to call it, the, their own they're wavelength. Got, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, they're more avant garde than some some prog, aren't yeah. eh? they? I like the them. I like to, them. to get into.
1: Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Let's do another great tune from I Am the Manic Whale before we continue on with my interview with Michael Whiteman. This one is called The Milgram Experiment and comes from their latest album, Gathering the Waters. The Milgram Experiment from I Am The Manic Whale's 2017 release. Before we continue on with the interview, let's hear another one from their first album, Everything Beautiful In Time. This is Clock of the Long Now. clock of the long now by i am the manic whale from their first album everything beautiful in time now let's listen to some more of my chat with michael whiteman so uh as far as like your friendships now how do they how, do, how does that uh, play in is it what i was trying to say is you know the, it, at times you know being a in a band is very much like being married to other people because it seems like everyone else is you know if if you've got the right sort with you they're very passionate and very opinionated about you know and and it can be very trying but uh, you know I was just thinking you know when you've known people that long how does that th- mm. does that make it easier is it is it more like being in a band with your brother or
2: it is a bit like that i think um i guess when when the the whale started it was definitely a solo project and the first album i wrote all of and the other guys came in on it, and it was very much I was in charge, and they had to do what I said. Um, with the, the gathering the waters, the second album, it's had much more input from other people, and in in some senses, that was a, more challenging for me because I had to sort of give these demos over to them, and and they they got a bit changed, um, and people did things that I wasn't necessarily expecting with them, and mm-hmm. you know we had to talk about some things, and of course we disagreed about some things, and and eventually managed to resolve everything also i let john write a song on the second album um which is a really really good song stand up the uh, the epic long song on that okay, cd it yeah. is his. and um we're not really seriously into a third album yet i'm um, we'll definitely do one but i know that that dave's very keen to do some writing on that as well and uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to to seeing what he comes up with so in a sense i do have to i'm a bit of a control freak and i have to let go of some of that to, for the songs to work in a band setting and for other people to have an input and write their own material as well. So yeah, it's up to me. I've got to be able to take a bit of a backward step and say, okay, you guys do your thing and hope I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I know that that can be difficult. I, I, I write music myself and uh, I'm usually more laid back where, I, I don't know, I've always just, I, I like to get the input from other people and most of the time I'm like pretty happy with what they want to do. But, uh, yeah, there's times when it's like, mm, you just, you can't hear it that way, you know, mm. Yeah, you get too much of an idea in your head of what it's supposed to sound like, you know, I, that's why yeah. there, there's a guy that I've been off and on in groups with for uh, like 30 years or something like that, um, and we always explode and then eventually come back together and do something else and we explode because we're we're both yeah. kind of hard-headed in the same way I and mean, we both have very different ideas but the temptation to to come back is just always so great cuz we just go we go way back like kind of like you and David mm-hmm. like what you were talking about but um anyway um i love the subject matter of many of your <clears> songs <throat> they're not your typical kind of songs i i love pages i love derelict I love the Milgram Experiment and the Lifeboatman, for example. Um, So where do you guys look for inspiration for not just the music, but the lyrics?
2: Yeah, all all over the place, really. Um, I I like to think of the song as an opportunity to tell a story. Um, So, And I intentionally set out to try and write about things that other people aren't writing about. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the idea for... uh, my brain's just gone oh i might the idea for the idea for clock of the long now which is a track from mm-hmm. the uh the first cd came to me in it was a suggested wikipedia article that came up on my wikipedia homepage, random article type thing all about clock of the long now and i read that and i thought that sounds fascinating it sounds like science fiction but it's true um they're really doing this building this massive clock in a mountain so i went to their website and i read loads of articles all about it and i thought this is what a brilliant concept, what a great idea, what a brilliant thing that they're trying to do uh, to promote long-term thinking over centuries. Uh, and so that kind of just, it had to be a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was really inspired by discovering a British band called Big Big Train. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh,
1: sure. I, I actually interviewed David Longdon uh, last uh-huh. year. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was a great, uh, good good thing. Yeah, it was fun.
2: They are great storytellers, uh, mm-hmm. and they about they write about english history and uh heritage and the industrial revolution the first thing i heard of theirs was east coast racer which is a song about a mm-hmm. steam train yep and said before i'm a massive geek i love steam trains and i would never have thought to write a song about one you know because people don't write songs about steam trains and i heard this thing and i thought well why why can't you you can of course you can write about Anything that inspires you or interests you or makes you angry, you know, anything that kind of creates a response or reaction you, you can you can make a song out of it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of love songs out there. Probably enough for now. Maybe right. we don't write any more love songs. Or if we do, maybe write them from an unusual perspective or a different angle or look at something in a new in a new way. So I like to try and tell a story, I like to try and see things in a different way, and I like to try and I guess there's maybe even an element of teaching in it, which is something that I've done quite a bit of before. Um, I like to tell people about stuff that interests me.
1: Yeah, that, that's cool. I, I'm with you. I, you know, oh, I'm, I'm terrible about writing lyrics. I, I work best when I leave them to someone else, but, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, it's all been said, you know, especially love songs. It's like, I'm not, no, I, yeah. there's like maybe one or two songs in my catalog that were ever about love, you know, I mean, Obviously, you probably have to write one for your wife. So I did that, you know, years ago, you know, um, and that's like one of the only ones, you know, because, yeah, I don't want to, you know, it's like, but the, the I always struggled with that, trying to find subject matter. But um, yeah, you seem to find interesting things to write about. I, I really like the subject
2: matter. Thank you.
1: Um, So what do you think? Uh, what's, what's next? What do you guys, you said there could be a third album?
2: I, I'm sure there will be a third album Great. at some point um we've got we've even got some sort of rough demos and and ideas nothing very definite it's all sketchy at the moment but at some point we'll definitely uh think about that a bit more um more gigs we've done a few gigs in and around the uk and we've got uh some coming up at the beginning of the year and a couple more at the end we've got booked for our first quite big uh prog festival which is called hrh prog Mm -hmm. in wales towards the end of the year looking forward to that great um I'd love to get Manic Whale outside of the UK and do some gigs in uh, mainland Europe. Um, I would love to get Manic Whale supporting some more famous prog bands. And there's a lot of prog bands out there that I love. I'd really love to play with, maybe I don't know if I should say any specific names. But, Why not? You know, <laughs> Why not? If, if say if Spock's beard were to come to the UK again and tour a new album in a couple of years' time, I would love for Manic Whale well to to tour with them, or sure. Neil Morse, or the Flower Kings, or you know any any of those people. Uh, I would love to have an opportunity to to play with them.
1: That's great. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine that would be really cool. I I, I actually talked to Neil Morse too. I I've, I've been you? on a pretty good roll actually. I you know, I started <laughs> this thing like five years ago and never imagined that it would get as far as it did. I'm having a blast, you know? Um, But yeah, talking to interesting people like you. So, okay. So more gigs, uh, and a third album, more
2: gigs. And at some point, third album.
1: Okay. Um, and now for the loaded question, Uh (laughs) um, where do you think progressive rock is heading?
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The,
2: The future of prog. Um, I guess the thing I do, I go to, to quite a lot of gigs, um, not not just ones I'm playing. At. I like to go and see other bands as well, mm-hmm. um, and I try and, try and get out to them. And I, I do notice that I'm quite often the youngest person there, um, and I'm in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes some of the older people have managed to bring their kids with them, um, but I think we need more... Younger people, and I perhaps I probably mean even young, younger than me as well, involved in prog. I mean, there are there are young prog, prog bands out there um doing some great things in, in the UK. Certainly, I expect there are in in the US as well. um But yeah, we need more younger people making prog. Kairos, uh,
1: Kairos from the UK, boy, there. yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to those guys too. A couple of those guys, um yeah, they're they're very young and in, in making some really good. But I don't want to sidetrack you. I'm sorry. You, Okay, we need younger people.
2: Younger people in prog, and I think we need promoters to put on the younger bands as well, uh, to give them that exposure. Um, I went to a prog gig last weekend to see a band that I love, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to be rude about anyone. They were great. Um, They have an average age of, I don't know, 70. There were two support bands supporting them, and I'm not sure there was a single person on the stage younger than 65 that evening and i thought that was a shame i thought that's a missed opportunity because if you're putting on a quite well-known band that's drawing a big crowd you should be looking for less well-known acts younger acts to support them to give them the exposure they need otherwise prog is gonna die um that might sound a bit bleak and a bit dark, and maybe I'm making the point a bit too strong there. But I really want promoters, and there are some doing it, to take a risk and pick up some younger bands that aren't so well-known and put them on the same bill as some really well-known prog bands. I know Moon Safari, they're pretty young from Sweden. They, they played with Yes in the Royal Albert Hall last year, maybe the year before, and that's great. That's the kind of thing we want to see more of, more of these massive prog giants picking up less well-known bands to support them.
1: The way it was back in the day. Before we finish up with the interview, let's catch another track from the latest I Am The Manic Well album. This one is an epic called Stand Up.
0: So why do you wait Until the darkness comes up to your door For it to bother you who bear the light, who pay for being
1: again that was stand up from the latest manic whale album gathering the waters now let's finish the interview so do you look at uh progress more of is, is it a is it just a label is there actual is there actual progress i i, I wrestle with this myself I, and you know i see it on forums on, on facebook and stuff people like, get crazy about this Prague people, Some people are, are very passionate about it. Yeah, they're, yeah they're very opinionated and very passionate that's for sure um but you know the whole debate is is, is this prog is that prog i try to stay out of it i just I, I don't know to me i i look at it almost like as more of a a concept versus yeah. you know it's 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 a it's a concept but it but it should be a very broad all encompassing kind of concept. anything that doesn't yeah. fit over here you know in mm-hmm. in the pop or or whatever you know that's like challenging say more long form uh more instrumental yeah. passages you know, off exactly, the beaten yeah. path. You know, time changes. Yeah, these are all things that are prog. So, yeah, what, what do you do? You agree with that, or you know, how do you look at it right. as prog as a heading? You know, as or right, yeah,
2: yeah. I I I think I, I think I probably agree with with what you're saying there. Um, prog, I know it's short for progressive, but you know, we we ex- we look at look at the famous bands from the 70s and we draw influence from them. And yes, we're trying to do something new, but uh, you know, we're not trying to. Well, I'm personally not trying to I- invent new, a new style of music, but I may be fusing elements of things together that don't usually get fused together, mm-hmm. if you I mean there. yeah. Um, and yeah, Prog explores the, the long form, and which is, which is a really good thing. I think you can tell a lot more story and do a lot more interesting things over you know, 15, 20 minutes than you can in a three-minute song. Um, I think I've lost the point I was trying to make a bit there
1: what what was i saying i had asked about you know do you look at it as more like a concept or or an actual genre or or just a heading or is it a is
2: it a can it be all of those things to some degree um
1: yeah i guess i i I kind of agree with you what you just said a moment ago was uh you know that it's is it really progressing anymore i don't know but it's uh it's still kicking. And and like I said, I mean, I think I look at it as music for people who have an attention span, you know, in a way. It's almost like the modern version of a symphony or something like that. Maybe that type of music wasn't for uh, everybody back when symphonies were the thing. There were probably just traveling minstrels or people sitting in pubs that would play short little funny ribald kind of things or whatever yeah. but then there were then there were people going and attending the symphony and listening to something that lasted for a half an hour you know yeah. on continuous you know so I, I kind of look at Prague maybe as little modern symphonies i don't know does that sound weird
2: that no that sounds that sounds spot on and i think perhaps some people who listen to this sort of music are, are always looking for something new and it's always got to sound different to what's come before, and and it's got to be innovative, and that that's great. And there are lots of bands that are being really innovative, and I think I would hope that Manic Whale has has some innovation in it as well. Um, but you know, we're not we're not looking to reinvent or to be brand new, particularly. Um, but you know, we're trying to be creative uh, within a sort of prog. Can I use the word paradigm? Is that a sure. good word? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to have. Some Hammond organ sounds. We're going to have some Mellotron. We're going to have some extended instrumental solos. And if you take those things out, you know, you lose some of the the stalwart parts of the main huge body of prog that we're we're drawing on. But then we also, I mean, we've got a song called Strand Beast, and we've tried to use sure. some interesting ideas from classical music in that. The, the intro about is uses um, the intro for that uses a technique called serial uh compositions a 12 note tone row with a melody that is played forwards and then reversed and then played upside down and treated in a kind of weird way and it sounds quite avant-garde and quite lumpy and jumpy and the idea is it's meant to sound a bit like the movement of this strand beast creature across the beach um so we tried to you know fuse a few different things in there that maybe maybe haven't gone together before serialism and 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 rock music um So I hope we're still being creative. I'm not trying to say that we're just churning out the same stuff that people were doing, you know, 40 years ago. I I hope we're not doing that.
1: No, Um, you're not. I don't think you are,
2: no. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Uh, But at the same time, we're not trying to invent a new style of music.
1: Right. Uh, But like I said in the beginning, I think you sound fresh. And uh, I think especially, you know, the subject matter, you know. And uh, I'm going to have to listen to Strand Beast again now and, (laughs) and think about what you just said as I get into that kind of stuff, you know. Um so uh anything else you want to talk about?
0: <sighs>
1: Is that your Chewbacca? <laughs>
0: I
2: can't think of anything off the top of my head.
1: No. I did notice uh, one song, uh what's it on the first album or the was it a song for your daughter? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's called The Mess. Now I was saying about not writing love songs, but uh, that's definitely a love oh, song. Oh, yeah, me.
1: sure. But that's that's uh, a great song. Thanks. I'm I'm a dad, you know, well, I'm <laughs> I, I'm a retired dad, I guess. I don't know. What do you want to say when all your kids move away? It's kind of like yeah. uh, what are you going to do with yourself? Uh, they don't really need you the way they needed you when they, you know. Uh Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You you can be on call and maybe they'll ask your opinion on something, but you you don't want to venture it if it doesn't seem yeah. wanted. You know, it's a it's a whole new way of of uh, approaching the whole dynamic. You know, with your children. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I was depressed when all my kids moved away. I mean, I, it's like oh, you're dad man for all those years. That was that was what I was. That's what I did. Right. That was. My yeah. primary thing. So I always tell younger guys, enjoy it. It may seem hectic yeah. and crazy, and there may be a lot of crap involved, but it's gone. Someday it'll be gone, and it'll never come back. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. So my, my daughter's seven now, and she was four when I wrote that. Cool. And uh, it's certainly one of the most personal songs I've ever written.
1: It's a very um, nice song.
2: Thanks. Yeah. I've got a little boy as well. He's he's uh, two, just two. This okay. Weekend. Um, and, uh, one of the things I did when I stopped the school teaching and, and went to doing just playing and instrumental teaching full time is that I look after my kids in the daytime because most of the work I do now is evenings and weekends.
1: That's great. So I
2: think I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah. Uh, my wife works full time, but I, I'm a, I'm like a stay at home dad in the daytime. So i get to spend loads of time with my little boy and that's I get great. to take my daughter to school every day. And that's absolutely brilliant. I love it.
1: Yeah, I had a uh, a writing gig where I could work at home a lot and well we had twins, you know, our last one t- was actually a twofer. So uh uh that was a challenge and it went by yeah. fast and that's why I tell people try to enjoy it because you know, just getting through some of the days when when you have twins when they're two, you know, for example, uh just getting through those days is you're just happy to get through the day, you know. And you I don't really s-
2: twins and it's it's
1: hard work. Yeah, you don't you don't smell the roses at all. You know you have to try to. I think. Uh, speaking of, you mentioned Moon Safari. Did you ever hear My Little Man?
2: Oh, uh, what a song! Oh, what yeah. a song! I'm a That's sucker for that kind that. of stuff. First time I heard that was the the week my son was born. Oh, <laughs> I, had, I bet you cried. It moved me catastrophically. Yeah, I wept like a child. Yeah,
1: yeah that that song <laughs> brings a tear to my eye. I'll admit it. Yeah, whatever. I'm <laughs> I'm a big hairy, scary looking guy, but yeah. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's a great song.
1: Yeah. And since I am a sucker for these kinds of things, I will now play the song Michael wrote for his daughter. It's called The Mess, and it comes from the first Manic album, Everything Beautiful in Time. Again, that was The Mess from the 2015 debut of I Am The Manic Whale called Everything Beautiful In Time. So I hope you enjoyed my coverage of Michael Whiteman and his band I Am The Manic Whale. Hopefully we will be hearing much more from them in the future, starting with that third album that Michael was talking about. Hopefully they will also land more festival gigs and maybe some opening spots for a bigger band. I think their music is quite exciting and they deserve to be heard by a wider audience. That's why I featured them here on Prague Watch. So if you liked what you heard, help support them or look for them live. I will have links where you can find more about the band when I post this show to my website, progwatch.com. That's all one word, P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H dot com. Speaking of progwatch.com, you know it is your one-stop shop for lots of awesomeness, right? you can listen to the show there and find links to featured artists' websites. You can also search for artists with the handy search function at the top of the page. And if you don't find an artist you're looking for, someone who you think I should definitely play on the show, why not contact me? At the top of the homepage of the website, there are also links that make it easy to email me, find me on Facebook or Twitter. Finally, if you love Prog Watch and you want to support the show, You can also do so from the homepage of progwatch.com. Click the little support the show button there to find out more. And any support is greatly appreciated, my friends. So thanks for coming along for the ride once again. Until next time, be good to each other and prog on, my brothers and sisters.